Welcome into another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Thank you very much, Chris Hitchcock, for our theme song, as always. And welcome in my co-host, as usual, the Mayor Stephen. Find him on Instagram, at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. The Sage Wayne. Find him on Instagram, at Wayne's Beer Delivery, and on YouTube by the same name. And yours truly, producer and humble correspondent, Chase. Find uh, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Nutmeg2Palmetto. Gentlemen, there's a very popular, important brewery that's near and dear to our hearts that excels at hazies. So why don't we uh, crack, out, crack open some hazies and talk about them? Let's do it. Rock and roll. Well, first off, I must have missed the memo on the hazies because what I brought is uh, the road's nowhere from Full Steam Brewery. Durham, North Carolina. This is a Pacific Northwest IPA. I'm curious what that is because it's like, is it, it's kind of sounds like a alternative to New England IPA. It kind of sounds like an alternative to West Coast IPA. So I don't know what it is. I'm curious. I don't know, but to be honest with you, I bought it because I like Full Steam Brewery and just happened to see they had a pint can available. So I just grabbed it. I didn't know it was. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. Let's do it. Yeah. That's a nice pop. That was a real nice pop. <laughs> it's almost like I'm a pro or something. Yeah, certainly enough, enough pops and pours on your YouTube channel to get practice. That was a heady one, though. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that means Wayne's thinking about me. He doesn't want me to get sick. He wants it to oxidize out in the open. <laughs> Pops needs to learn how to pour. <laughs> Pop away. We're back with that again, huh? <laughs> Another week, same jokes. <laughs> There's a lot of beer in that can. Holy cow. I know it's a tall boy, but dang. That's the biggest pint I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a deceptive can. Wow. Well, very piney, hoppy smell. Mm-hmm. Agree? Yeah, it's about as clear as mud, too. Already. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not very clear at all. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Um, very malty. Yeah? I'm getting on the notes. It smells like the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it tastes. So he agrees. I said piney. I'm assuming that's where he's going with it. <laughs> yep. It's very ironic because it says the beer is 100% pine free, yet that's all I taste. It tastes like you're making out with a evergreen. <laughs> but it's not unenjoyable. Um, you know, I've had the uh, Bell's Too Hard in American Pale Ale. And to me, that was like drinking a cold glass of pine salt. This is actually uh, <laughs> enjoyable. What about you, Mayor? Yeah, I don't care for uh, 
the two hearted myself, but this one, uh, I I don't know that I can drink the whole thing right now. Heavy? Yeah, it's just too piney for me. You have such a fickle hops palate for someone who loves hops so much. <laughs> <laughs> we found an IPA that the mayor doesn't care for. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, he, oh, oh, he's not drain pouring, though. He's chugging that down. Nope. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to drain pour a beer. It's consistent, though. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting Absolutely. any kind of back-end weirdness, nastiness, anything like that. It's If you like, if you don't like the flavor at the top, you're not going to like the flavor at the back end. If you like the flavor at the top, you're going to be fine with it all the way to the bottom. Well, this is not a style I would go out and buy intentionally, but it doesn't punch me in the face. It's always it's good. The, the mouthfeel is just like cutting the insides of my mouth, so... Razor blade beer. <laughs> You know, full steam, I'll give it to you. What was the ABV on it? Yeah. Uh, this one is... Uh, it's on here somewhere. It's like 6 or 6.6 here. 6%. That's... You'll be in the can't see. <laughs> Papa, we need some glasses. 6.6, <laughs> you are correct. Uh, my wife works for Jerby Hack here, Wayne. And she's really good at what she does. If uh, you need to get some glasses, we can hook you up. Is that a plug? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not a plug. We did not, not. We did not accept any funding in any form from Trivia. No, we did not. <laughs> I was just going along with the joke about I know a good eye doctor if uh, Papa Wayne needs glasses because he couldn't see what was on the can. <laughs> Next up, well, I'm the blindest of all three of you, and I'm the youngest, so what does that mean? <laughs> Next up, I brought a beer from my uh, old stomping grounds in Connecticut for you guys. This is called, this is from Black Hog, one of my favorite Connecticut breweries. It's called Disc Golf Beer, a citrus hazy IPA, brewed with tangerine, on uh, a nice calm 5.5%. You approve of the pop? I approve of the pop. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I popped that one from Newgrass today and it didn't make a <laughs> That's okay. It wasn't. Oh, nice glass. One day we'll have to go down there. Oh, this is a brewery? Yeah. Service growing. Ooh, I like that. Savannah, Georgia. Same, oh, as, Savannah. same as the other brewery that we're getting ready to interview. Yes. You know, I am going to Savannah in a couple weeks, so I might have to look them up. Uh, can I give you some money and you mule some beer back? Because Drug mule. I, I love <laughs> their beer. Yeah, I'm sure we can work something out. They do some traditional styles. They distribute here, but they distribute a very small... Um, they only do like three of their beers here. Now, I've, of course, had this before. So what do you guys think about the aroma? It smells like orange pine. I, yeah, right? So I don't smell pine, but I definitely smell citrus. Yeah. 
it's also a thick kind of hazy, a lighter hazy, but just as thick and murky. Oh, you took a sip already, okay. I don't like the afterfill of that. Really? Because I don't have any afterfill. What do you got at the end? Preach. So at the end, it tastes watered down. When you're drinking it, it's pretty heavy as far as flavor. It's really good, but then once you go to swallow, it's just like mm. not as <clears throat> flavorful. It's like it can't make up its mind. Does it want to punch you in the face or just run away from <laughs> Wall, <laughs> wall you off to any by time. <laughs> But the upfront flavor is really good. The flavor is good, but the upfront is very, very acidic. And then yeah. it just uh, goes away. That's what I mean by watered down. It's just like, like you said, it punches you in the face at the beginning, and you can taste all the citric flavors, and then you go to swallow it, and you're like, oh. There's nothing left? There's nothing that's kind of like let down. <laughs> It's kind of that, that kid in school that punches it and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Luckily, I've never been punched, so I don't know. But, I mean, what what's it? Well, aside from a beer that just kind of stays steady from start to finish, what's the alternative to this? Something that you drink, you really like, and then it gets kind of nasty in the back of your throat. So you'd rather have something like that that, like, is nice, refreshing, flavorful, whatever, and then kind of leaves that nastiness in the back? Or something that like this. Something, something that tastes really good, but then disappears when you don't yeah, know what happened. I'd rather have that. <laughs> I'd get it again. I'd drink it again, definitely. Wayne, Wayne, all final thoughts before we pop the next one. This one's okay. Um, as far as hazies go. It's very light for hazy. Not my favorite. But I would I would drink it again. In Wayne's world, I would drink it again is kind of in some kind of favorite echelon. <laughs> I'll take your victories where you can. <laughs> you know, I'd buy a case of it, probably not. I'd buy a single. Yeah. All right, Mayor, what is our third uh, year for this? Uh, I've got Oppose the Tyrant, Juiced Double IPA. And I just want to read the can because this is from 13 Stripes. They always have awesome artwork. Uh, they also have, usually, from what I remember, they always have a story behind it. So this is release number one. O ye that love mankind, ye that dare oppose not only the tyrant, tyranny, but the tyrant stand forth. Every spot of the old world is overrun with oppression. Freedom hath been hunted round the globe. Asia and Africa have long expelled her. Europe regards her like a stranger and England hath given her warning to depart. Oh, Probably didn't say that right. Receive the fugitive and prepare in time as Aslam for mankind. Thomas Paine, Common Sense. 
just a great, great patriotic book. I haven't read it in a very long time. I did say on the can, it did say release number one. Yep. Great. That means there'll be multiple releases of it. That means it's probably going to be something similar to their future World Series. So, again, it's a juiced double IPA, 8.5%. And can't really tell who it is on the front of the can, but it looks like it's uh, some type of a patriot. And he is, looks like he has set a building on fire. Yeah. Like I said, all of their cans have amazing artwork. Oh, that's a very orange hazy color. It's light. It's a lighter hazy color. It pours like orange juice. Yeah, I was gonna almost. I was almost gonna say it pours like a fruited sour. Did you happen to see what your glass says on it, Chase? Plank owner. Plank owner. Plank owner glass. Former guest of the show. What does your say? The, the, it's, I know it says the on house, but I read it as OTT house because I work in TV. Yeah, on house. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> That's a very... I forgot to do a cheers on the other one. That's no, okay. we we'll, we'll, we'll forgive you this Okay. Time. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. But y'all didn't cheers each other either, so. At that point, what was the point? (laughs) I think it's a very juicy aroma. That's supposed to be a double IPA? It's 8.5. That's sneaky. Now, what I like about this one. Is it's pretty consistent start to finish. Very consistent. Absolutely. Very consistent. And like you said, it looks like orange juice. And don't leave this on the counter for your at home and your, your kids grab it because they might. They might it. not know the difference. <laughs> I think. I think this is up there with the future world series. Um, I kind of like the future world fourteen more than the future world fifteen personally. But I thought the Future Rose 14 had this very juice-forward, orange juice type of flavor. Mm. And this one is something similar. I don't think it's quite hitting the same note, which is, well, that was an Imperial New England style. So I guess it was, it was actually about the same ABV. But I think that this is getting kind of in that same vein. Um, not as powerful. It's a little more softer on the palate, softer on the finish. I haven't had their uh, Future World Series yet, so I oh. compared to the Freeborn. So I had the Freeborn. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, the Freeborn yeah. is a very juicy, but that's like, to me, the Freeborn is more akin to a classic New England-style juicy, not some, not necessarily something that is like a very powerful, normal juice type of juiciness, you know, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Now, I think they've got the ABV down wrong on the can because it certainly doesn't taste like an 8%. Oh, no, this tastes like a 3, oh, 3%. This tastes like it's barely liquor. <laughs> Very sneaky, 13 stripes. Very sneaky. 
So, if you want to hear more about 13 Stripes, keep it right here with the Upstate Beer Boys, and uh, we'll talk to some people, some folks at that fine establishment. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. And keep it right here. We'll take you up to Taylor's now. The only joint my mama burned was on the rural route. She parked in old man Taters Woods so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself. Crashed down beneath that window, fired it up, gave it hell. At that hangout my daddy used to hang around. We watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down. Just like that, the taps and stools and tables got turned to the only joint my mama ever burned. I'll get sassy and bluegrass. Come on. Welcome back to Upstate Bear Boys Podcast. With us today is Michael with 13 Stripes Brewery. First off, Michael, thank you for allowing us to come in to, um, into your brewery and check it out. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, the background, or whoever else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my name is, no, I'm, uh, I'm a founder of 13 Stripes. Um, uh, originally, the uh, concept came out of, uh, I was, uh, I got into beer, um, I was in the Navy, and, uh, got stationed over the West Coast, uh, Monterey, California, and that's where I really got, I got into craft beer over there, and, uh, yeah, I just fell in love with that, and, uh, started homebrewing out there, uh, yeah, that kind of came from there. Alright, uh, thanks for hosting us. The three of us are uh, fans of craft beer and also drinking local. As a matter of fact, 13 Stripes is the very first brewery in this area that I visited when I started this craft beer journey I'm on. When you walk into this tap room, the atmosphere is as awesome as the beer itself. So, my first question is going to be, what was the inspiration to come up with the name 13 Stripes and the overall theme behind it? So, yeah, the main theme behind it was, uh, was really kind of stories, uh, storytelling a little bit. Uh, the, the name and everything, I really wanted something that would be uh, patriotic in a sense that would kind of harken back to Revolutionary War time frame. Um, we just, uh, me and my partners, we all just a big fan of that time period historically. And, um, I just believe that there were a lot of really great stories that were untold from that time period that, uh, that could really speak to today and uh, that kind of timeless. And we just thought we were passionate about that and a lot of other people were passionate about it too. Uh, a big thing that drew us to it too was uh, the start of uh, our forefathers. They kind of were getting together over beer or just in a pub and that's kind of how the revolution got its uh, start there. Um, so we were like, man, what a better way to... Uh, Tie it all, all together there. So, you know, that's a little bit that sounds like I started this show. Yeah. Crazy things will happen around when we sit around drinking beer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all met on Instagram. <laughs> that's how we found each other. Right. 
So, speaking of the theme, I want to go into one thing that I love so much about your brewery, and that is your cans. Not only is the artwork amazing, but also each and every one of them has a little story or quote on the back, dating back to what you were just describing the early American time, wartime American war, that, that, sort, that sort of thing. But what was, was this kind of like a... Happy little accident as far as your themes going into the brewery as far as American pride, American history, veteran presence theme, or do you have some history nerd in the back row helping grow the beer and took the advantage of like, oh, now I get a little chance to spread my knowledge and put something on the kitchen. Yeah, yeah that, that's good. Yeah, uh, well, I've been yeah, successful in that kind of time well, history in general. Uh, um, we so yeah, I guess we'll be the can art and everything. Like uh, I, I'm in charge of the branding and all that stuff. So I developed pretty much all of it. So everything kind of has a theme to it. Uh, like our dark beers will have a lot of a theme to it. Uh, all our IPAs are typically a snippet of a quote. Uh, and then uh, we kind of tie it um, like over Oktoberfest kind of stuff ties into uh, something that was pivotal uh, in the early formation of the, the cavalry or uh, the army. Um, they're, they're actually all German or Austrian mm-hmm. uh, generals that, uh, from that time period that are named after that. We try to find uh, people folklore things, little things that are just not super well-known talking about and really go after that kind of stuff. And then we just happened to uh, become really good friends with uh, Zach Blaine on Instagram. Became um, good friends with him and found out that he was such a incredibly talented artist and approached him about doing our can and designs and uh, he's just locked it down apart every, every time so that's that's been pretty awesome so you were talking about events and uh, I hear you say something earlier when we were talking about a t- takeover or something uh, uh, well, we've, we've done a bunch of them in the past uh, okay. I'm trying to think uh What's coming up? Uh, we have this month will be a crafty draft in Columbia doing the tap takeover. That's the 26th. So do you ever have talking about kind of like a tap takeover? Do you ever have guest taps? Normal running. Oh, in in house. Yes. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, right now, we just do guest hour. Okay. Uh, we don't we don't do hours, but we want to have some that option. So we we usually bring in uh, yeah guest hours. Nice. When the tap space allows. <laughs> we have a few kegs in the cooler, but we're just proud. we don't have any open taps. All right, so let's get into beer. Um, I can't really say I've ever been disappointed in product, and the majority of what I've had here is a big short phenomenon. But early, early on, the first several times I was here, when I always think of their new strides, I thought of hazies and darks. 
as we've seen before, the teams can't hate the clubs and the teams can't hate the Am I off base in my association there as far as those being your favorite styles to brew? Or, or are there uh, just kind of, that's what you do best, so that's what we're going to uh, so we, uh, when we originally were going to, as we were opening, uh, we hadn't planned on brewing IPA uh, at all. We were just planning on doing an English specific style, as being kind of an English pub. Uh, was our thought process, and that's why we got like 20 ounces. Uh, and we just got a last minute for a grand opening for the IPA. We've been probably closer to like an ESP, <laughs> honestly. Um, but like that was the one that we all pretty much sold out of like, grand opening. Oh man, I guess we're going to start making some ideas. Uh, so that's what we're doing really. Uh, just because we hadn't really focused on that before. That's just been something that we've been pushing to try to keep going and getting better at. And, and it's also just that it's been like the biggest of like beer style in the craft beer scene. So it's hard. You can't get away without if you have an IPA. But we're big. We do a lot of lagers. That's, that's what we're all pretty big into right now. Jeremy. And we just try to keep stuff around. We try to keep an eclectic mix of stuff. So that we always have hard beer on tap. We try to keep um, at least barrel aged beer so we can always have barrel aged beer on tap. Here. We're just always trying to experiment with props and stuff. Your barrel-aged beers are not necessarily, they're, they're like strong enough that you know what they are, but they're not so overpowering that they can't keep the taste. Yeah, you don't get that like pungent pop back when you step in or step in. No, we, we, yeah, we try to, uh, everything that we do in our barrel program is to go for as much balance as we possibly can get out of it without uh, so most of the time, um, it's a fresh barrel. Uh, the beer's been against sitting six to eight months. We don't usually let them sit over, over a year. We kind of notice, like, there's a certain point where you really don't really get anything back outside of the wood, and then you're just going to start uh, pulling tannins and other stuff. So while you've got an older beer, you've got to you know, blend something else back into it to kind of cut that out of it. Just kind of that, that IPA that you decided to throw in last minute for the grand opening, is that something that you still put on tap every so often? Or is that kind of like, nope, this was a one and done, let's do better on Yeah, it was a one and done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bulb into, I don't know what beer it would be today, but <laughs> yeah. All right. So, oh. I'm sorry, I'm jumping the gun. Go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> you got the script right in front of you. <laughs> All right. So when most people think of breweries in the upstate area, they automatically think of Greenville, if not the downtown Greenville area. So for those of people that haven't been here, it's very 
industrial. It's very, the architecture is, is definitely old and it's definitely cool. So what led you to open up in Taylor's and more specifically here in Taylor's Mill? Oh man, well we probably, it had to have been about a year and a half, two years that we were looking at uh, at buildings. Uh, I think we and we looked everywhere. Uh, we, we were downtown Greer. Uh, that building was not there anymore. <laughs> but, uh, six months ago, our tour tour off of Camden Street. Uh, we were looked over at the Village of West. Uh, West End, actually, one of the buildings that it's just down in front of where the angry is. We looked at that. We just looked at it. And then we looked out in Sparkler. There was a... Man, there was a building. There was a couple buildings downtown that, that we had looked at. And none of them quite... Yeah, you know, money-wise. Um, they either too, too far gone for what we could So, you were talking about you're having a birthday, or you're getting ready to have a birthday for your... Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. You're coming up on your five-year. Yeah. So, are you looking at doing a five-year birthday party? Are you doing a five-year special beer? Are you doing any of that? Uh, definitely, yeah. We'll be doing... Uh, we haven't quite finalized the details for... Party itself, but we'll definitely have some special beers on. Yeah, okay. Look forward to that. Now, I love my hazy little IPAs. We're trying to still get Lane off of the IPA board as he as he walks over here pouring a new glass off of IPA. <laughs> um, can, you it, can you guess? Can you guess just what? Just guess just one though. I guess this one. And as much as I love Freeborn, there's a series that you actually just released a new iteration of that is Future Worlds. What what is your thought process when adjusting this recipe to the beer? Because there's now 16 of them. And I had 14 and I was like bright-eyed and pushy about how much I love it. It was just it was just straight orange. How it was how, how it was eight and a half, I don't know. Um, but and then fifteen came out and I kinda like to me I kinda like lost a little bit of orange juice flavor and kind of more of a hoppy kind of different bitter type of flavor. And then this new one, to me I'm getting more of a pure citrusy flavor to it. So between these between these three recent ones, right? 
any of them before. 16 versions of one beer in. Like, how are you finding still areas to tweak this recipe? Oh man, there's, there's just so many between the relationship with the hops, the grain, yeast, everything. Um, there's so many different techniques and things. We really like to use that series as a yeah, straight up experiment where we can just play around and have fun with everything. With 16, um, we were kind of reading a lot into the biotransformation. Um, certain hops in it that were specifically, it might not be in the world or something like that, but it might be used when I gave uh, the, uh, some oils in them, they come in contact with the Eastern Organization, uh, brings out citrusy and fruity flavors like that, so like, I gave one. We try to get a handful of those hops and just straight world over those to get these, these other super pungent hops using the both and kind of see and then it worked out really well over like the result of that. And that was just kind of like something we were reading about and trying out. And that's, that's what that kind of series is. Just, it's a lot of fun to be able to, especially with the, there's new hop varieties coming out. Awesome. It's kind of nice to be able to like, okay, how can we play with these? Speaking of different type of hops to play with, what is, which one's your favorite hop to brew with, and which one is kind of like your unicorn, so to speak, of a rare hop you have, have to get your hands on? Just a kind of like, power up, surprise up. Yeah, I guess uh, the Galaxy used to be my favorite hop, uh, but the past few years it's it's kind of lost its kind of pungency to it. It's gotten a lot more verbal. So it's been kind of tough to like go heavy on Galaxy. We feel like we have to blend a lot of other stuff to kind of maintain the same. To get a little bit of that, but it doesn't seem like you're able to get as much out of Galaxy as you used to be on that kind of trunk. So I guess, let's see what I probably would have to say Citro, because um, it blends so well with uh, so many hops, and, it, and uh, you can throw it in, and, um, and it'll help lift other hops, uh, make it shine, and not lose power. I wish I really like the Zaka too, but Zaka just disappears. It smells great. Yeah. It gets lost. Yeah, if you blend it with something else, you just can't find it. Do you have a unicorn hop that you're still waiting to chase down? That you want, or one that you've already had, they're like, wow, that was so good, I can't wait to get it again. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a couple that we wanted to try, but haven't been able to get our hands on yet. Um, let's see. Um, I don't think I. Well, I don't know how easy it is to get a hold of I haven't looked in a while because it. It had been a hard to find the Belmont. Yeah. I wanted to play with that one for a little while, but that was going to happen. 
I haven't looked for them in a couple years ago. Homebrewer Tell House, have you heard of Belmaha? I have not. Oh, <laughs> You say Velma? Is that like Scooby Doo? Uh, no, no. Oh. Would that be used for like IPAs? Or what that? Yeah, okay. it seemed to be like more like a berry kind of. So I haven't been able to get IPAs. <laughs> so far, I just do like primos and and lagers and things like that. I haven't. I, I want to do IPAs, but I'm only doing five gallons at a time, so I'm kind of nervous. It's <laughs> good. That's good. It's uh, a good volume for testing stuff out. Oh yeah. yeah. Feel like well, I brewed a one gallon batch, and it's ready now. But they haven't tried it yet. They come eight bottles. Is all that it brewed because I didn't want to waste the money or waste the time if it wasn't good. <laughs> well, speaking of beer, the three of us here at, at the table have different tastes in beer. Steven's more of an IPA and stout guy. Chase is, um, well, IPA, stouts, and sours. He's trying to convince me on the sours, but I, I tend to say more classic. Uh, no. Uh, I tend to say more classical and traditional, like your lagers, your amber ales. But I'm learning to like the IPAs, and this Future World 16 is really good. It seems like Defiance and Broken Crown and Death to Kings that loggers have a place and aren't your run-in-the-mill loggers. Then I discovered over the summertime you have your experimental brews like uh, the uh, newest pale ale and uh, no sir hoppy loggers are not practical. So what does the future hold for 2022? Is it more team IPA, more team lager, or might you have any sours on the horizon? So we do um, out at the uh, River Lodge. Uh, we have a sour going right now. I don't know when that one will be ready. We've got four punches out there. One of them one of them's full right now. Hopefully, we get the other ones filled up. I imagine the first one will probably be ready. Oh, well, see, it's the first one we've done, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be this summertime sometimes. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we try to keep a good mix of, of everything, so we'll definitely have like, a lot of everything. Uh, we've got, let's see, in the barrels right now. Uh, we're always trying to keep yeah, the stuff going through, rotating in barrels. We've got, uh, we've got a barley wine in there. It's the first time we've done a barley wine. Uh, we got a, uh, the Hero Two Worlds, uh, the coffee, nitro coffee ale that we do in the barrels. Um, got my attention. Uh, we've got, uh, we did a rocket beer, um, but like an imperial version, which I don't know if that even exists, but we just made a really strong rocket beer and put it in the barrels, which um, it's kind of like a Hefeweizen, but brewed with rye. Mm -hmm. I use Hefeweizen yeast and rye instead of wheat, which we really enjoy, but that's just like one of those things that stinks. It's a style that not too many people know about, so uh, it doesn't really upset well, so it's kind of hard to keep it around. But we got that in the barrels. I'm in a 
really fun one that we'll be doing that'll probably yeah, it'll be out till the end of the year. We did the first one for Sir Snow. We got six different barrels. So you mentioned just now that that beer that you experimented with, with the Hefeweizen and the stuff, wasn't really like known and people, it didn't sell well, or not that it didn't sell well, it's not what I meant, but people didn't maybe order it because they weren't used to it. Well, five years ago, people didn't like IPAs. They like Coors and Miller and, and you know, Bud Light and stuff. So. You never know. You might start something that one person tells their friend, "Hey, this is pretty good. Try it." Well, that's, that's interesting. Like we noticed, um, it's really interesting. Like the if you put rye, you'd say that a beer has rye. People love touching them, swollen order. And so that was that was a big issue with, with uh, the rye and beers. It wants to be rye and being like trying to explain it to people, and they're like, "All oh, right, like I don't." I don't want it. They kind of expect it to be spicy. Right. But when you rye, when you're brewing with it, actually adds to like a thicker, kind of like a caramel, kind of mm-hmm. thicker consistency to the beer, which yeah. you don't really get a whole lot of spice. And this one, it kind of adds like a pumpernickel uh, kind of bread taste to it, to like the Raga beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm even saying that one right. But, uh, but we, we had done it once or twice in the past when we first opened and then shelled it for a while. And then, like, oh, it's, um, we had some empty barrels and we're like, let's do uh, an imperial version of it. Well, I think, like I said, Huffin's Brandon uh, style is a classic style people probably don't know a lot of people stray away from, but as my palate, our palates usually are ever evolving, and I'm kind of getting tired of the classic Huffin flavor, kind of gives me this kind of something sour taste that won't go away. So, the the taste profile is alive, might be counteracted. So, kind of excited about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll try to compare this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's in that. Now, this sour, this mysterious sour that you've got on tap, <laughs> is it more down along the lines of a traditional kind of tart, pumpkin face, rosa type, or is it more of a Flavor of the month sour lately with a fruit forward type of thing. Uh, yeah, so right now it's just imperial like sour. It's kind of what we're going to uh, recipe wise. I don't know what we'll do. Uh, uh, if, we'll, if we'll add fruit or not to it. Uh, I mean, well, I say it's the first sour. We, we played around with a couple of sours in the past. Um, so it'll be our first experiment with like what to do with it when it's finished. Because in the past, the few that we've done, um, we've staged them too long and they kind of go vinegary. And that's where we got to blend something else in. So we'll probably be blending something back into it. So I don't know if we'll be at three or nine yet. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wayne, we're going to be we're, we're going to be listening. To chase over here, talk about when's it coming out? When's it coming out? <laughs> well, before we get into your question, I do have a question. You know, talking about different styles in the Hefeweizen, uh, the Deft to Kings, that West Coast Lager, 
a lot of people like Chase, who's not a very big classical guy, actually liked it. And a lot of and people that I'm friends with on Instagram that aren't in the area are hitting me about it. Is will that make a return here real soon? It will. Hope so. Yeah, yeah we uh, we had planned it. We should have released again in November, um, but through schedule wise, we ended up having to uh, toss the yeast for it and then switch some stuff around. So mm -hmm. I think we have it on the schedule for it's either next month or March. Okay, uh, so it should be coming out again. March 2022. It's we'll in like my calendar. Around again, but it uses a it's a that specific yeast strain for it. So. Mm -hmm. Um, we have one beer that uses it. It's tough to keep it keep it around because we'd have to just keep running that right times. All right. So my question is not really a question. It's a Instagram message that I got from your wife Amy on April the twenty seventh, and this speaks volumes about customer service and just how how good of relations y'all have with the community per se, and I'm just going to read it real quick. Um, I've shared it in my Instagram. I've shared it with all my beer trading friends, but I just want to share it on our podcast. So on April 27, 2020, she said, hello, I hope you're doing well. I noticed in your post that Rise and Fight again that you enjoyed looks as though it has oxidized a bit, and I wanted to see if you'd be up for giving me your address so I can ship you a fresh four pack. So what had happened is I came here off, um, when I got off work one day, I was in a hurry and I grabbed four tins and I took off, they were cold, put them in the fridge, the next day I cracked one open, I'd never had that one. So I poured it in the glass and it was like a, it looked like a brown ale and it was supposed to look similar to that, the one I'm drinking. And I tagged y'all and said how great the beer was because it really was good and how great it was and the reason I said the customer service and the reason I wanted to bring it up on our show is the fact that I didn't even say anything bad. Amy just immediately said, hey, I recognize that that beer's not right. I want to make it right. You're, you're advertising this beer, but let's make it right. Come in here and get full of fresh ones. And, and she did. And in turn, I bought more beer while I was here. <laughs> So that, that that speaks volumes. It really does. That's yeah. We, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we, we're very passionate about making sure um, we want everybody to enjoy the product that we put out, and um, yeah, make sure we always have our investment board with that. Um, and it stinks when you get something, especially when you yeah, when you pay for something and it's uh, it's not the way it should be. Um, and that that's that is a little bit. Um, the toughest thing too uh, that we're struggling a little bit with, with distribution is having like stuff go on. That's not wrong, but having, having with, uh, we have are communicating with bottle shops and stuff like that. That after three months for an IPA or something like that, you know, take it off the shelf. Yep. That way, or, you know, we'll, we'll replace it. Okay, don't don't sell that kind of stuff, which is hard because we'll get 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 some pictures or something like that. And we don't want people to enjoy it or not be able to enjoy the beer as as intended. And, uh, we, we try to reach out when we can. How how um, 
fluid is that communication with the model shop. So they pretty like easy and come forward. They're like, oh, okay, sure. And then they'll accept your can and they kind of like, yeah, hey, let's install this. It depends. Um, most of the ones that I've talked to when I'm going out to doing sales or doing events and stuff like that have been pretty receptive to it. Uh, there's just so many of them out there that it's kind of tough. And then sometimes it's just kind of like there's some places, I think, which I man, went down to Columbia and sales. I can't remember the name. But there was, there was a, a, I don't know where that was. Down in that area, it wasn't in Columbia itself, but down in the area, and um, I found a year old can of light glory in there. And I was like, Hey, it said something like, I'll we'll definitely send you something else. And everybody's like, No, it's fine. I was like, No, it's, it's a year old. It's, 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 I gotta get this thing off the shelf. I wanted to take it in there, but it had to go through the proxy you know, the red channel with their distributor and stuff. Yeah, sounds like a barrel aged IPA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what that would be. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that's not something you experiment with? Right? <laughs> yeah. Just to add to what I was saying, and I'll show you the pictures before we leave, just the fact that she saw it and recognized that it was wrong. That, that like I said, I keep saying it speaks volumes, but it really does. You know, you reach out to the bottle shops and ask them, you know, three months or whatever, but the fact that she actually saw my post and commented on it and offered to make it right was even bigger because I don't buy, I mean, I buy beer from y'all, but I'm not a distributor. I don't buy, you know, pallets and pallets of like uh, bottle shops. It's just I, an average shop. Yeah, I'm just a, a little bitty fish in the big pond. And that's, I mean, that makes, that makes a huge difference. I say, well, we want to treat everyone the way we want to be treated. And that's why we try to do that with everything that we do. Some pricing things and everything. We really try to be like, well, within reason to some extent. Right. Uh, we Absolutely. want to be like, you know, we, you know, we pay this, you know, for that or I appreciate it, and I know everybody else does too. Mm -hmm. All right, so you're coming on five years in your original location here in Taylor's Mill. Last year, you guys opened up the River Lodge over there towards uh, Easley. Um, what does the future hold for 13 Stripes as a brand as far as, you know, do you see any future expansion beyond that or just, you know, what do you guys see yourself in the next uh, couple years? Uh, yeah, we, well, yeah, with the, with the River Lodge, we kind of wanted to, we really like being able to create experiences for people. And that, that's, uh, that was kind of uh, a lot of what went into the mill here, uh, with the decision not to bring televisions in, to try to keep it to where uh, everybody, we wanted to try to, be able to foster a place for communication or for interaction with people, mm -hmm. people sit down and chat and not be distracted. Um, we thought about not having Wi-Fi, but we're like, ah, that's supposed to be Well, we appreciate <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 21st century, you have to have Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's try to disconnect and 
let's hang out and have a beer. But um, yeah, that was going that was going a little too far, so we, we didn't do that one. But uh, uh, yeah, so the river, uh, we really we've always wanted to be able to like we, don't, we kind of have a kitchen here, but it's not really something something we can really cook in. Um, so with the river, like, oh, it's just a whole new experience that we can create around like very food with our hands, uh, which uh, we always love doing. And, um, this would be a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, such a picturesque kind of spot out there. So, um, so that, and we definitely would like to do something like that. We don't really want to create um, like chains or anything like that. We want to be, you know, everything's got to be, you know, different and have its own reason to exist, not just just having it to have it. And um, uh, we'll probably there's. Uh, a lot of opportunity to expand and build out out, out here, so we'll probably you know, try to grow, grow into the space more. Uh, eventually, try to offer actually full, full menu and stuff out, out here. Okay. And another thing that differentiates the River Lodge from Taylor's Mail is the fact that um, there's a hearty bourbon selection behind the bar. Yeah. Now you already do a lot of barrel aging, just regularly. Was that, did you want to tie that in, or was that just something to make River Lodge a little bit different from Taylor's Mill? A little bit different. Um, yeah, we kind of wanted to do cocktails, but we wanted to do it in a, um, Yeah, not just offering. We wanted to be uh, like kind of like a, Say speakeasy. We're not definitely not like a speakeasy kind of. I don't know what the word for it would be. Um, just offering kind of like nice, yeah, nice bourbon, classy drinks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like top shelf kind of stuff. Or, nice. Um, and, and just kind of you know straight pours of, of bourbon. Um, I think we don't, we don't really we don't offer, we don't do tequila or vodka or anything like that. We've got like bourbon gin. <laughs> Try to keep it simple and just uh, just yeah. like a nice little curated cocktail list. We change out a few things, but you'll have uh, just like very specific things. It's not we won't have like make any requests because we don't have everything there but just like these are solid cocktails very important question meat or rocks oh I, I don't know straight meat or straight yes. meat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now one thing I always like to ask our guests on the show is their ties to the community now Bear Taylor's as Wayne has California expand upon a little isolated from the other upstate breweries but in the middle, you've got an axe throwing bar on the other side of the parking lot, you've got a game arcade on the other side of the parking lot. I haven't noticed too many co-ops um, from years you've done in the past, but what is your relationships with either other businesses, other breweries that you have collabed with, want to collab with, or charities or fundraisers, or any kind of collaborative projects with the community? Yeah, we do. We're always down with doing collabs. Um, kind of the past two years haven't really done a whole lot of uh, collabs with other other breweries. Um, 
we do, uh, we've got our yearly collab every year that we do with uh, New, New Group. We're good friends with those guys. We do Freedom Juice. And, I mean, that's our stand, like, standing collaboration that we do with them every year. We do... Oh, it's so much a collaboration, but like we do the Veterans Day um, IPA. Um, it's been usually with Semper Fi Fun. Um, we did Fallen Hero. Uh, that was with the Heart Support Veterans this year, or last year. And then um, we did the Sacred Hop with them. We've done a lot more with kind of like organizations, um, like the Dapper Lion IPA with the Cradle Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the. Uh, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> I didn't know Freedom Juice was in the group. Freedom Juice, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't fun. know that either. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've done that. Uh, yeah, every year, every year we've been every Fourth of July. They're previous guests of ours, and when we hung out, Chase and I had the opportunity to go to the Green Beer Fest. We actually got to set up a little booth up there, and we talked to them and got to try some of their beer and took care of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up, as always, we'd like to go around the table and talk about what we drank and if the guest has anything to add about the particular beer that we're having. Now, my first one, of course, was the Future of 16, which I had to try. Uh, we already spoke about that a little bit. My other one was Hot Crush My Mind. And this one is very interesting to me. It has this traditional IPA hoppy aroma. But the flavor, it gives you like a bitter mouthfeel that you expect, but the flavor is not bitter at all. It's very mild. It's a little like spiky, so to speak, but it's not any type of off-putting or uh, bitterness to that. So do you have anything to add about a hot crush in my mind? Is this one of your experimental series? Yeah, that, that one was an experiment. Uh, we've been playing around with kind of pale ales, like the, the hazy realm. It's a little bit more difficult, like the alcohol balances out bitterness so well with like when you do with the easy IPA or double IPA. That's why, yeah, there's not as many kind of like easy out there. Um, so we were just trying to figure out how we could capture the same experience as, as an IPA, but no more alcohol percent format. So I was gonna say, Wayno, what you got? Well, I was the first one here, so before we even set up, I had your uh, nitro milk stout. Uh, was it Machis Liberty, which is really, really smooth, um, really delicious. And then I switched from that to uh, the Felon Fair Lager, so I wanted to try that. I hadn't had that in cans yet. And compared to your other lagers, it's got more of a rich taste to it. And then in the middle of the interview, um, I switched over to Future World 16, which I like the Freeborn, but the Future World 16 is more smooth. Similar taste, but not the bitterness to it or the, the punchiness to it. And I'm finishing up with uh, the classic, my favorite, not my king. 
which I am, you know, if you're a team IPA or team lager, I'm going to go team lager all the time, so. <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> now, hey, I am trying IPAs. Now, there's ones I do like, but I can't forget where I came from. That's a, that's a fun, we had to, I had to update our untapped thing, uh, because it's, it's a jab at Budweiser being the king of beers, and uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. thought that it was a political statement, so I had to put on the untapped, like, stop emailing this, this is not a political <laughs> statement, <laughs> this is a jab at Budweiser. Oh no, I got it, and it's spot on. <laughs> I didn't think it was a political statement, but I thought it was a Reference to Revolutionary Times. Yeah, it ties in both with the with our brand in the Revolutionary War and in the Jab at Budweiser. But we were getting quite a few people like, like, is this a chat that the president was like, it's not a political statement. And it's sad that people would think that, but that's where it goes. So I had the a hot crush mind, the conflict and triumph, and the defiance prohibition lager. So I've gotten to the point where I don't like lagers. Okay. I like IPAs and turn it into Wayne's heart. Yeah. No, but I want to hear what he says about defiance. <laughs> so it's it's really smooth. I, I'm tasting a little banana, like like. I can't explain it. Like, not Hefeweizen banana, like that flavor, but just like really smooth, crisp, easy drinking, and just like a, a, a hint of banana bread at the end. I may be crazy. But oh, it could be. Well, it might be. Well, so that one, the big difference between that, well, it doesn't have, it's not hopped as heavily as, like, not right. King's more kind of like a closer style. So this one is, um, I think it's about 20. 25% corn. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say corn, but you're going banana, so, but, uh, yeah, I like that one, too. <laughs> I started out, you know, in the beer world, we was talking about drinking beer earlier. I started out drinking uh, Blue Moon when I started oh. drinking like craft beer. Yeah, I started out with craft beer like loosely saying that. And I went to a friend of mine on Wild Ace Pizza Pub, or he still does, him and his wife. And so he told me, he said, you need to try a duck rabbit. And he brought me a duck rabbit milk stout and it was like old. And I was like, and it's only like 5%. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I'm like, that is horrible. Well, I drank another one and I got hooked. And that was in 2009 when he first opened up. And so from now, I'm just like, gotten heavily into IPAs year round and stouts year round. Hashtag, it's only stouts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we probably hit that inevitable. <laughs> It's like you get a little, yeah, you get into the IPAs, and at yep. some point, like, you get into the lagers, back in the lagers, you're back in the lagers. That's a pretty heavy IPA. Well, I started with, yeah, dark beers. And that's pretty much all I would just drink, like, yeah, Samuel Smith's, like, Milton Stout, and, um, yep. just ain't, well, any Porter Stout I can find. And then, 
was like, oh, I'm going to start trying IPAs, and I looked on those, and now it's just like, now I just want crisp water. Right. That's mostly what I drink <laughs> nowadays. Michael, so. we'll give you the final word. Is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodnight from the mill? Well, thank, thank you guys for coming out and chatting. Appreciate you for having us. Absolutely. It take, takes away from your family. It's 8.30 right now. <laughs> That's right. It's good, good at having a beer. For four. For four. <laughs> well, folks, if there's not anything else Michael wants to talk about, that brings us to the end of our interview today. As always, thank you for listening to us, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. If you find yourself out in Taylor's or Greenville, put in 13 Strikes Brewery and Google Maps and come to the meal. There's lots of things to do here, and stay with us. As we come back, we will be talking all about hops. years ago the only beers I knew were you know Bud, Miller, and Coors. I didn't know the differences between ales, lagers, stouts, porters, pale ales, etc, etc. But what most intrigues me is the IPA or the India Pale Ale. And namely what intrigues me about them is the hops. So let's go over some fun facts about the most ingredient, most the most interesting ingredient in beer, hops. You know, did you know that hops are the flowers of a plant called the humulus, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Lupulus? Lupulus. Yes. When you make beer and add hops, you're putting flowers on it. You don't put flowers in anything else when you cook, but put it in beer. also, that mem- that uh, plant is a member of the. I can't really pronounce this one either. Uh, Cannabaceae family of flowering plants, but you know one of its cousins is called the cannabis sativa. You know the old uh, Mary Jane, Mary Jane. Marijuana. 
little green green going on. All right. Moving on. <laughs> this plant has a male and female plants. You know, you can tell apart by the different flowers. But the funny thing is, you don't use the female plants because the uh, hop cones only grow in females. Um, Wouldn't that make you want to use the female plant? If the hops are on the female plant? Absolutely, I think so. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I thought this is interesting. Hops are a natural sedative, so if you're hand harvesting them for a while, it might push you to sleep. Oh, I thought you meant in relation to uh, the marijuana as a, a sedative, <laughs> as a drug. No, that might just make you want to go out and buy some Cheetos and listen to some Pink Floyd, you know? <laughs> the sage likes his Cheetos, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so um, now we've gone to the little fun facts about hops. You know, we do have a resident home brewer here. Dun -dun -dun. And uh, I, I think... Uh, if I remember correctly, IPAs is like his uh, go-to drink. One would think. But I've never brewed. And I so be easy on me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's ask him a little bit about the different varieties, these lovely little flowers of power called hops. I like that. All right there, Mayor. Now, I've done a little bit of research because, as you know, I'm not big on IPAs. I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> you know, they call me the sage. I'm trying to learn. Okay. So uh, I've done a little research, and it seems that uh, Cascade is one of the uh, most prevalently used hops. Um, and I'm sitting here drinking a 11% White Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of your element, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what do you know about the old Cascade hop? So it's one of the most used cultivated hops. It has a citrusy, piney flavor to it. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Can you name a beer that might use the uh, Cascade Hop that might be well known? I cannot. Particular beer or a beer style? Like a, per, like a um, denomination of the IPA. Wow, first question of the party. But... Uh, Actually, my little bit of research I did on this, um, it's actually a beer I enjoy. It's a, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh, nice. Um, I think that was one of the first ones to use Cascade on a widespread scale. Well, if you're saying Cascade is a very commonly used hop and Pale Ale is a more commonly brewed type of style, I guess it's kind of associative in that sense. But in 2018... Oh, surpassed by citra hops. That makes and sense. Citra hops were being used more than Cascade. We'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Jump in the head. It may have had something to do with a little thing called uh, juice bombs or hay or something like that. But anyways. Dang it, Treehouse. So anyways, um, <laughs> you know, when we were at Crafty Cats, I believe you had uh, the Cat's Claw, which... Either it's an IPA or IPL. I still go back and forth on that. But uh, one of the things I picked up is that the uh, main hop that was being used was Simcoe. So how would you describe, uh, what is Simcoe? 
what it brings to the table as far as like uh, notes, taste profiles. You know. So I actually had to do research on this one myself. So what I found, it was released in 2000 by select botanical groups. And it has since become one of the most popular hops for both the craft beer and home brewing industry. It's 12 to 14% alpha acid, which is really good for IPA. Alpha acid? Alpha acid. Not a beta. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it packs a complex aroma of fruit, pine, and citrus zest. And we like zest. We do like zest. Lemon zest and lime zest, not just for beer, but for cooking. Um, now, to add something here, actually, before I move on, I want to ask something as far as the zest goes. What do you guys think about the craze on key lime beers? Westbrook makes a really good one where they actually take key lime pies and put them in the vats while they're brewing. I think in the last year I've had two key lime beers. Uh, one was a key lime pie sour, which was okay. I can't remember what the other one was, but they're kind of hit and miss. I like key lime pie, but when I think beer, I don't think key lime. Yeah, I mean, so far, the first one I had was um, out of Stony Creek. I'm in Connecticut, and I liked it a lot. And then I've had a couple ones, couple other ones since, and I've also liked them. So I can imagine that key lime, similar to pumpkin, as we discussed in a previous episode, um, can be very polarizing, and if done wrong, can really be screwed up. But I mean, I've I, I've really been all home runs on key lime beers that I've had. Uh, moving on back to our hops discussion. To jump into the questioning of our mayor, um, I can't totally say how many times I've encountered this particular hop, but when I've been aware of the of its presence, whether it's been on the tap list in a brewery or I, it's noticeable on the description of the can, what what have you, I've it's usually associated to a beer I have a high appreciation of, and that is the El Dorado hop. So, do you guys, can you guys think of any beers off the top of your head that you're a particular fan of that uses the El Dorado hop? Um, or, more going to, to Steven on this one, what makes this El Dorado hop different from the others that may make it more appealing uh, as a grain over the other ones, over the other grains? So, I had a Westbrook. IPA that used that used an El Dorado, and it has more like a not necessarily uh, piney, but more like pineapple, citrus, uh, more strong. Or use my words properly, a stronger pineapple flavor than anything. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> Could be because you you're like you like pineapple. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely exhibits more of a tropical note. Um, and to me, it's even more tropical than like Citra, which is a stronger hop. 
I wasn't aware that Cadillac actually made hops. Cadillac? Oh, yes. Good. Gears and beers, baby. <laughs> Look, the viewers can't see it, but that's the one I was talking about, and I didn't even remember it. The Eldorado, Azaka, Equinot from Westboro. See it right there? It's purple. It's the purple light. Oh, yes. Okay. That's the one I was talking about, and I forgot that I had it on my beer fridge. Azaka is a hop as well, I think, right? right. Or am I wrong? You're, you're correct. It's not a very well used yeah. craft beer. Little rare. Um, the next one, of course, is I think a very common one, especially with the craze, the hot beer being New England style. Um, people love their hazies. At least Stephen and I do. We're trying to get Wayne slowly but surely onto the hazy train. I'm coming around. <laughs> um, and and this this style has a hot has a Good high juice quality to it. It, to it, whether it's the hop itself or the relationship of the hop to the rest of the brewing ingredients, I think it always kind of takes the bitterness down and brings more of the juiciness, citrus, citrusness out. And that's called citra, becoming more and more common. Um, so, Mayor, is that something that I'm right in assuming maybe it's a quality of the hop? Or am so, I just making a false assumption that citra hop equals juicy flavor? So it's high in acid. The alpha is much higher than 14%. It goes up more than that. Uh, it has like a specific flavor of grapefruit notes that you can taste where the other ones more have like piney or tropical or something like that. I like grapefruit. I like that grapefruit note in the beer, too. A lot of people don't. It's kind of polarizing because it can be a bitter ju fruit juice. But I tend to like that. As long as it's not too overly acidic, I do enjoy grapefruit taste in a beer. But I don't enjoy grapefruit at all as the fruit itself. So if you, when you, if you add it while you're boiling and not trying to dry hop it with it, at the end of the procedure, if you boil it during your process, it it's not as bitter as some of the other. It's not as bitter as some of the other ones. I don't know if it just picked me up or not because I was pulling away from a microphone, but but it is definitely one of my more favorite hops. Not my favorite hop, but more one of my favorite hops is the. Um not to go too off too far in a sidebar, but can you go into a little bit of difference based on your knowledge, the difference between dry hopping versus the regular brewing process? Why is it different? I, but I've never done an IPA, so I can't exactly answer that. I know I've talked to people that say that it gives it more of a bitterness when you dry hop, makes it stronger, but there again, I've never done an IPA, so... I'm going to do one this week Ooh. coming up. I bought a one gallon. I usually do five gallons at a time, but since I've never done the uh, IPA style and it says advanced on the ingredients. So <laughs> we'll see. I are going to be my guinea pigs. I will say the first couple of dry hop beers I had, they did taste more bitter, but as it's probably becoming more common and maybe I don't know, maybe just more common to me, maybe not more maybe not more common to the overall environment, yeah, overall atmosphere. 
but it's become to me that's become less bitter. A dry hop beer, maybe it's just the other adjuncts they put in it, the particular ones I've had, but it's become I've noticed that a dry hop beer that I that I've had recently, they tend to be more that juicy. Like it almost accentuates the juiciness. Mm. Stay tuned, folks. When he comes, when he brews that IPA, we'll probably circle back to that. Let's hope. You'll, you'll definitely be my guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. All right, well, speaking of uh, your favorite hops, one of our earlier episodes, you said your favorite dun, dun, hop dun. is uh, Mosaic. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what's what makes Mosaic so special? So, provide you know you said you were going to do an IPA. So if that goes well, do you plan on brewing a beer with mosaic? I do. Uh, I read y'all off the hops earlier that I'm doing. I'm doing a traditional grapefruit IPA. It has three different hops. None of them are mosaic. <laughs> hey, no bias. No, but uh, the mosaic. Is it's just got more of a, it's it's definitely, I'm, and I'm stuttering. It's more complex, so it has more of a blueberry flavor. And like I was talking about a hop earlier, it doesn't have that piney, and it, it does have a little bit of citrus, but it's more fruitier than than other hops. I like blueberries. If we can pull that off, I will be a fan. That'll be interesting because I can think of all the IPs I've tried. Maybe they haven't had mosaic, but I've never picked up blueberry in the taste of them. So. so some people have said that it has a bubble gum or stone fruit aroma. Hmm. 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 So. Has anyone we'll seen a stone fruit? Is that like a dragon fruit? I don't know. I know a brewery in North Carolina did a stone fruit sour, and it was amazing. Is this something you can reveal, or do we te- are we teasing this for? Later? It's Catawba. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, once we cross over North Carolina line, I'm all about going I, up there. I mean, landing Catawba would be a pretty big ticket. So let's not. I don't want to jinx any. I don't want to jinx your <laughs> your mayoral ways. <laughs> but it's also earthy. Mm-hmm. And some people have said that they taste like herbal spices. So, but it, it is definitely my favorite hop. And one day I would like to brew with it, but I've been told since it is complex, I've been told that I don't need to just jump right in and start brewing with it. Although, would that almost give you like. Um, not necessarily a false confidence, but like a inflated confidence. If let's say you were to brew something with mosaic, being that it's so complex, and you hit a home run with the beer, and all of a sudden you start thinking, I can brew with anything now. Right. It probably would. I mean, I'm not big headed like that by no means. I'm never. I wasn't brought up that way. But it, you could be right. I mean, <laughs> but I also only got. Like I said, I do five gallons at a time, and my neighbor and I brew together. But I only did one gallon of this one because it is a more, it's not a beginner ingredient set. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. definitely advanced for the IPA. So I just did a one gallon. So if I mess it up, it's only a gallon that I'm drain pouring and not 56 bottles of beer. <laughs> so what he's telling us, Chase, if we never see this uh, IPA's home brewing. <laughs> it's it's because his, he, he, over, he overvalued his confidence in brewing. <laughs> no, I'm going, I said earlier, y'all are going to be my guinea pig. That's true. So that means we will see it, and we may not. We, we may regret being it after. <laughs> I'm going to bottle it, but you may or may not like it. <laughs> Just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's not a good beer, though. Well, well, true. All right, so no drain pores. We've talked plenty about hops and, and IPAs and whatnot. Uh, obviously, they have that strong profile. But, you know, hops are using all those styles for the most part, I think. Now, uh, another style that uses hops, uh, Pilsners, which uh, our producer isn't the biggest fan of. They use a hop called Saws. Uh, I think it has a little bit of an interesting story. What do you know about the Saws? Never heard of it. Obviously, the mayor's not a fan of the Pilsner either. <laughs> At least not that big a fan of it. <laughs> It's funny because the word saws makes me think Saison. Yeah. I was thinking that too, but... So it's, it's named not. after a German city. That makes sense to me. It's used extensively in Bohemia to flavor beer styles. That's hmm. interesting because you don't necessarily think flavors when it comes to Pilsners. No. No offense. No offense, Wayne. <laughs> Obviously, you haven't had any Bohemian Pilsners then. They do have a, oh. a little bit better flavor profile. It, it accounted it accounted for more than two thirds of total hops production in the I'm not, I know I'm gonna mess this up 2009 in the Czech Republic. Oh, Czech Republic, yes. Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia, <laughs> country formerly known as. <laughs> oh, it's it's used primarily in Stella. Oh, Stella Artois. Yep. Very nice. <laughs> My pronunciation or is banging his knee on the table? <laughs> I didn't feel good. All right, Chase, you got anything to add to this? No, because I'm not I'm I'm kind of an idiot when it comes to differentiating them. I mean, like if I look at let's say I check in a beer on beer in on untapped and I look at the Profile of the beer that, like, if they, if the brewer so happened, so chose to write a little blurb on it, and it says the ingredients, the hops they use, the grains, whatever the case may be, the adjuncts, I'll start to recognize the names, but I'm not so much good at, at differentiating between, okay, I see this hop, I know this name, I know what it is, I drink it, recognizing it later on down the line as. Oh, that's Mosaic, or oh, that's Citra, or oh, that's El Dorado. You know, like, that's not so much, I'm not so much keen on that, or not so much keen, but uh, adept at, at, at recognizing that. But, like, if I see it, like, that's how, that's kind of like how I know that I kind of like El Dorado hops, because I'll look at the thing, and every time I see El Dorado on it, it's typically a beer I was fond of. 
that's pretty interesting because I just like what I like. I haven't paid much attention to the hop, so this has been a little bit of education on the sage. The sage is a simple man. All right, Mary, you got anything else to add? Now, I'm sure some of our listeners can add some other stuff because, like I said, I've never, I've never said that I'm a, I'm perfect when it comes to beer and naming stuff. So, most definitely, we might get schooled. I could be. It could be lit up in the comments. And by all means, I'm okay with I'm okay with hate mail. This hate mail gets a conversation going. And that's another good thing about us doing the, the brewery interviews with the brewers and the owners. You know, I've already learned a lot of stuff. So, most definitely. And we've had some pretty big guests up to this point. so And got more to come. Yes, sir. Alrighty, well, I know we could go on and on and on, and this has been a great show. We want to thank 13 Strike Brewery for hosting us and speaking with us about who they are and what they add to the upstate South Carolina beer scene. If you haven't stopped by 13 Strike Brewery and you live in the upstate South Carolina, whether it be the Taylor's Mill location or the Saluda River Center out there in Easley or the River Lodge, please stop by and see them. Check them out. You can find them on all the socials at 13 Strike Brewery. Speaking of socials, you can keep up with the Upstate Beer Boys on our Instagram page. And we thank you. And until next time. We're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondales, IPAs, Cider Stouts, and the USA. We're just boys. And we like beer. And we're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. Upstate beer boys.